so it's definitely one of the best tracks on the calendar yeah. to be passing. Um, we didn't have a great qualifying today as a team, um, so we're diving deep into how to yeah. get more speed out of the car. I think we have a good race car, however, yeah. for long runs. Um, we got a new push pass system that we debuted at Detroit last week. Long straightaways here, so I think it's it's a definitely a track where we can move forward a lot of positions. Again, Ben Peterson, Global Racing Group with HMD. So you talked about the new push to pass, pretty much mirrors Indy cars now. Is was it a, an adjustment to get used to last weekend in Detroit, or you know, pretty seamless? Does it, it change it your, was, your yeah, plan at all? It was seamless in the way it operates. Yeah. The, the series did a great job making sure it, it works as it should. Um, definitely had to get a bit used to using it from a strategy perspective. Right. Um, we had quite a lot of push pass available, so a lot of people were using it pretty aggressively. Um, around here, I think it's gonna it's easier to burn more push to pass than it is at Detroit, for example, because you got really long straights there and it's worth a lot, so people will be pretty trigger happy. So I think it's it's a very fine balance of when you choose to, to use it and make a count versus when you want to save it. Um, so for, from a strategy perspective, it's definitely something, it's a learning process. What's the most difficult part about Road America? It's definitely the tire drop off. It's, okay. it's pretty big from when we start, um, almost two seconds, two and a half seconds, so it's a big deal to figure out how to minimize that, take care of the tires, and how to be smart with push pass and track position. Going back to your racing beginnings, how did you get started in racing? Was it karting? And uh, you know, talk a little bit about from the beginning until okay. Indy Lights. Go karting, and then my first form of motorsport, or not motorsport, car racing was yeah. in F4 in the US Championship in 2016 when that debuted. Did that for a couple years, then I graduated up to F3 Americas when that debuted. Um, did a couple years in F3, then I did two years in British Formula 3 in England. Um, did a couple races in and testing in Euro Formula Open with Double yeah. R racing as well in British F3. Then I came back to the States for my rookie year in Indy Lights, and this is now my second year in Lights. So when you ran the uh, British Championship, you ran on some of the like my favorite tracks, uh, Brains Hatch is super cool. Yep. Uh, in is a pretty cool track. Is there a track here in the U.S. that is like any of those handful of British tracks that you got to run a couple years ago? I would say the the biggest things that are similarities is pavement. So you take a track like Silverstone, that's very smooth, uh, new style pavement for race tracks. I think Barber is pretty similar to that. Okay. Yeah. With how smooth it is. And then you have tracks um, like Olten or Snetterton where there's tire barriers up and you need to be close to the tire barriers. But here it's street tracks and you're close to walls. So I feel like that is kind of a similarity in terms of being close to objects right. around right. you. So there's definitely some similarities. So you kind of get used to like there's there's zero room for error. You know, it's yep. not runoff even though it's not necessarily a wall, but yep. it's still the same. I don't think impact so many similarities from a rhythm perspective with right, tracks, but right. it's more characteristics of track. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. 
We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato and this is Pit Pass F1, a brand new podcast that'll take you closer to the action of the world's most prestigious motorsport. From Monaco to Miami and Australia to Azerbaijan, Pit Pass F1 is on the ground and has you covered. Esteemed F1 journalists Julianne Serasoli and Chris Medland will take you inside the sport every round. They'll keep you up to date with the latest news breaking in Formula One and the most influential views shaping the world of Grand Prix racing. Every Friday, we'll be bringing you a track guide and race preview, and Chris and Drew will be in your feed every morning from Saturday through to Monday to keep you up to date on all the day's action on and off the track. So if you want to be in the know on the latest in Formula One, subscribe wherever you get your favourite podcasts and visit us at evergreenpodcasts.com. Pit Pass F1, a brand new show for Evergreen Podcasts. Growing up, who was your racing heroes? Who did you look up after, you know, as a kid? Um, my generation growing up, I really looked up to Kimi Raikkonen okay. when he was in F1. Yeah. From a driving perspective, I really liked uh, Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, he had a great car always, I realized that, but he, <laughs> he always uh, made it count when he yeah. was in it, so I, I think he did, he, from a driving perspective, did really well. Um, so yeah, those are, and then from a, f- a personal friendship perspective, looking up to someone, I was very close to Roman Grosjean, okay. when he was in F, he was teammates with Kim Raikkonen at Lotus at the time, yeah. so I got to know him from an early age, so I felt personally connected to him and his family, which was very cool. Have you gotten to talk to Romano at all over the last two years as he started his IndyCar journey and you've started your Indy Lights journey? Uh, 100%. I see him every time in, in the paddock. We yeah. say hi, um, hang out with him in his motorhome every once in a while. So he's, he's a very cool, very cool guy. He was talking on, on TV after qualifying today about how much he hates Wisconsin cheese. Oh. So I need your, your input now. Cheese curds in Wisconsin, yay or nay? The only cheese I I can say that I've had here, I think ever was um, we ate at the Paddock Club last night yeah. close to um, uh, what's the bar downtown? Seepkins. Seepkins. Yeah. Really nice restaurant, um, and they had some cheese plate. I don't know if it was local cheeses or whatever, but I haven't been to like a cheese castle or anything. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'll have to try that soon. Yeah, I've never been to Cheese Castle either, and I was told, like, you have to stop on your way home. It's an <laughs> yeah, amazing place. Yeah. Um, I think if I heard correctly, you'll be testing for Foyt at some point in the near future. Is that accurate or uh, not accurate? And if you can't say, you can't say. I I can say we are working on IndyCar for next year, okay. and testing for IndyCar yeah. next year. Uh, where that exactly is going to be and how soon that is, it's we're still working on yeah. that and it's I can't really share any info um, but the goal and plan is 100% to be in IndyCar next year so I know kind of on the forefront, front you're, you're friendly with Kyle Kirkwood and you've been kind of talking with him a lot throughout the year 
first off, how gutsy was his Detroit performance with a you know, sprained wrist? And second, I don't know if you saw the social media fun that followed that and people said he shouldn't have been racing. When you see people comment things like, oh, he shouldn't be racing because he's got a sore wrist, you know, what do you say to that? Um, I think to answer your first question, I think uh, Kyle, I mean, his hand was in pain, but he, he felt yeah. like he could still deliver, and I have a lot of respect for that, and I think that's cool that he had the confidence to go and, and deliver, and he was he was doing a really good job in the race. I think he was battling to, to be in the top seven at the end. He made a mistake at the end. Um, you know, I, I don't know how much that was related to his hand or just misjudged it or what. Yeah. I, that's a question for him. But I think him to to do it, the race, and be in the position he was, I think that shows a lot of character. And I think full credit to him. Um, but yeah, and I, I think that kind of answers the second question <laughs> as well. Yeah, fair enough. So, you know, being around Kyle this year, whenever you do get to test IndyCar, is it helpful just to kind of have an idea of, you know, what a current rookie is going through as you potentially get an IndyCar test at some point? 100%. Kyle has been super open to me in terms of what he's learning. Um, he doesn't keep anything from me at all. He's He really wants to help me, and vice versa. He also asks me questions every once in a while okay. about what I think about certain things, and... Um, it's a it's a cool friendship under the kind of our our driver coach JJ because yeah. we share the same driver coach so it's it's very mutual to be spending a lot of time together talking about what we're learning etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, yeah a lot of respect for him I believe last question you have a test in Iowa at some point in the next couple weeks what do you know about Iowa? Are you excited for a kind of a, a different style of oval racing than maybe you've ever experienced before? I'm super excited. My only previous oval was Gateway last year. Yeah. I finished on the podium for each race. Yeah. Um, and and that, like I said, was my debut. I love the oval. We had a really good car. I'm excited for Iowa. It looks shorter. It's more banking. It's bumpier. Um, my only other oval experience is on the sim, and I really enjoy it. Um, so I'm, I'm very excited for that. Awesome, man. Well, good luck this weekend. Thank you. Running should be simple. Just put on your shoes and go. And yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-back training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals that you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you. 